Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. You're listening to the SportsGrid Network. Let it rain! Remember the class where I taught you all how to make it rain? Make it rain. Dollar, dollar bills, y'all. All right, here we go on a Monday, Monday, fun day, November the 25th, 2019. Welcome into the grid. This sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez. As we look to pick up the pieces here, put it all together, figure out where does it leave us as we get ready. For more football tonight here, final game, Monday night of week 12 before we get ready, just a couple of days off before we get three more games on Thanksgiving Thursday. The old Thanksgiving Day week is always fun here, and uh, we do have ourselves at least a couple of very interesting games, especially given the fact of the results from yesterday, and it was a very interesting day from yesterday where we did see a whole lot of Favorites win straight up, but boy, oh boy, they didn't exactly uh, do a great job. Nine and three, the favorites finished yesterday. Underdogs were able to pull out the covers, too. Seven, four, and one against the number. You did have three straight upsets. The Jets, the Tampa Bay Bucks, the Washington Redskins won outright. So if you had any sort of money-lined combination parlay with those three teams, you you killed it. Uh, Congratulations. But more than anything... I think what uh, what week 12 has thus far shown us is that there are going to be a couple of teams here that are willing to separate themselves from the rest of the pack. And maybe some of the teams that we all thought were really, really, really good, maybe not that good after all. And we can start with the fact that I don't know what else people need to see from the San Francisco 49ers before you start going um, – yeah, they're they're yeah, they're good. They're like really good. That defense is really good. That uh, those offensive weapons and just the way Jimmy G is playing right now, coaching really top to bottom. There's nothing not to like about the San Francisco 49ers. Now, in the meantime, on the flip side, I can't remember the last time. I don't think anybody can where Aaron Rodgers had 43 yards throwing the ball at halftime. Uh, he was looked as pedestrian as you possibly could last night and give credit to that 49er defense because they were in the backfield living in his grill the entire damn night. And I don't know. I, I'm I keep hearing people trying to tell me that the 49ers aren't as good as we think they are. Well, Dane, they look as good as I think they are. They look like a one loss team who is clearly the best team in the NFC, which I think is saying something right now. Hey, good morning, Joe. Good morning, Degenerates. Let's cock-a-doodle do it. It absolutely does, Joe, because we've been talking about all season long how the NFC is top-heavy, right? If you look at the best records in the NFL, most of them reside in the NFC. You know, Patriots and Baltimore say notwithstanding. But we do have, you know, what is it, like five teams that entered this week with eight wins or more in Mm -hmm. the NFC. So to be the cream of the crop there is definitely a statement. And I'm with you, Joe. This defense has really shown 
shown that it can stifle anybody who comes on in, you know, including, let's not forget, their one loss was to Russell Wilson in overtime, and yeah. Russell Wilson was doing uncharacteristic things against the San Francisco defense, okay? The other thing that I think makes, you know, validates this claim that we're talking about here right now, Joe, is, you know, in that loss, there was no Kittle. There was no Manny Sanders, you know, and we have seen now that this team, one of the things we've said about this team is they're able to do it so many different ways. They're able to win dominantly defensively if they need to. They're able to win with Jimmy G passing it. Two more touchdowns for Jimmy G, Kittle, yeah. 129 and a touchdown. Although they didn't have to do it really yesterday, we've seen them win on the strength of a running game with, you know, uh, Coleman and at times Brita as well. Yesterday, it was Mostard and Coleman, but they only combined for like 85 yards or so. They didn't need it. They can do it however the game dictates. You know how the Patriots are game plan mm -hmm. specific? Well, it looks like the Niners are able to win however they need to, and it's going to be a damn shame for any team that goes into that stadium come January. They are rough. They held Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay, 198 yards, guys, 70 yeah. plays. Not one completion over 15 yards. They also just destroyed whatever running game Green Bay was hoping of having with Aaron Jones. They stuffed them on a fourth and one in the first half, which really just set the tempo for what was going to happen the rest of the day. I mean, Jimmy G, 14 to 20, 253, no turnovers, guys, and just play calling that was phenomenal. It was 23 nothing and half. They came out in the second half and – you know, Aaron was finally able to figure out a way on a you know, some sort of jet sweep to get Adams into right. the end zone. But that guys, that was then after that, it was, yeah, OK, that's that's all you're going to score tonight, because then they let that running game. Then they started to impose their will. This is a team when they get out to a lead. Good luck. I mean, good luck trying to come back on that defense. But more importantly, you got to get them off the field. And when they start kicking in that running game and they play from a lead, they are brutal, man. I, I, it's just, oh, it's so hard to be able to get the ball back from them because you got to worry about the pass. And then if, well, if I'm gonna, I'm gonna sell out on the run. All right, l let me know how that works out when George Kittle burns you deep or, right. uh, or any of on these other action. kids that they like. Siri, like now, I will say this: San Francisco, that was test one. Next week, right? They travel to Baltimore, then New Orleans. So they've yeah, got a stretch stuff. here, I think. And then don't forget. Yeah, I think they got one more against Seattle. This got is Seattle going again to, as well. We're going to learn that first how good this team is. But can they can they get away with uh, you know if they win two out of three here? I I don't see why not. I do not see why not because that defense it will travel and it uh, it plays just about anywhere it goes. Dane. Yeah, absolutely. And think about it at this point, Joe. Correct me if I'm wrong. But they're they're ten and one, right? So you got five games left, Joe. Mm -hmm. All right, and you said it right. You know, Baltimore's one of them. Seattle's one of them. New Orleans is one of them. Okay, uh, if they go three and two, Joe, that puts them at thirteen and three, right? Yep. And exactly. unless one of those losses is to Seattle, and Seattle mm -hmm. runs the table, like they're still going to be a buy and likely a one seed, you know, the games, what I would say is in those three, if they do lose, it better be to Baltimore. You know what yeah. I mean? Because you want to have <laughs> so the game true. in hand against New Orleans or Seattle, that may dictate the very top of the NFC. Yeah. And it's uh, because it is heads and tails, guys. They are just, they are running the table. 
And Aaron Rodgers and company, that's now the second game on the West Coast we've seen them throw up all over themselves. Mm. The first game against San Diego, and now, or is it, uh, well, it should be San Diego, the Chargers. Right. And now San Francisco, not good. Not good, guys. But plenty of football left to go, too. We'll break more of it down. Talk Sam Darnold next on The Grid. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All right, here we go on a Monday. It is uh, Turkey Week here, people. Thanksgiving week. Still got a Monday night game along with uh, 41 college basketball games, 11 NBA games, nine NHL games, and, of course, Monday night football. It'll conclude week 12 as the Ravens uh, are a three-point favorite on the road. Taking on the Rams here tonight. We'll dive into that game coming up a little bit later this hour. But we'll take a look at uh, some of the takeaways from yesterday's games in the NFL. And, you know, we, we talked about it's time to start taking the, uh, the 49ers seriously. But at the same time, I think it's time we also recognize as, uh, as Week 12 rounds out that there are some teams and quarterbacks that are ready to take that next step that are ready to kind of elevate their teams. And, you know, the reason the NFL is there's only 32, right, starting quarterback positions in the world, Dane. It's not an easy thing to do. There's even finding a legitimate backup is an impossible thing to do. We know this. So when you have guys that have an opportunity to take that next step, guys like, I don't know, Nick Foles did. You might have might have recalled what he did uh, for that Philadelphia Eagles team there. You have a situation, I think, this weekend where I, guys I want to give credit to, guys like Kyle Allen, who has been I, I, abysmal. When I tell you guys sticking a fork in this dude, he, all he did was go 4-0 to start. Then he goes, because he is a rookie and hasn't played a lot of you know football in the NFL, he goes on a three-game streak where he looks just absolutely horrific. And everybody went from applauding him to now, you suck, get him off the field, where's Cam Newton? Then he goes into a game against a division rival yesterday like the New Orleans Saints, right? And he's coming in off of three of his worst games known to mankind. And that's why I love the overreaction all year long in the NFL. Cracks me up. This kid, as far as anybody was concerned, he shouldn't even be on the field, right? They were looking for his Cam, can he come back, can he not? What does he do? Well, he sits there and and falls behind, watches his team fall behind, and he sits there and leads them to an impossible comeback and even quite possibly a victory in an impossible place to play in New Orleans. And yet just 24 hours prior, Dane, he was done. Like he was, everyone's, there's no way he can do it. But yet he shows up. Then we see guys like, how many times do we have to talk about it? Um, you see guys like Derek Carr. 
going up against the New York Jets there. This was a game that, heading into the Kansas City game, really would have sat there and taken this Raiders franchise. If they come into MetLife and they run over the Jets, they win this game, they go 7-4, and four, they're tied for the lead now, Kansas City. Now the pressure's on Kansas City, right? Now all the pressure's on Kansas City, and I'll be damned the Raiders are for real. Um, but there are instances of this all weekend long where we just, some guys are not ready for prime time. Do I have to even bring up Dak Prescott? Do I have to bring up that name in the situation where you just not getting the job done? And yet guys that, I don't know, like Sam Darnold, guys like, uh, yeah, you know, Kyle Allen, guys getting Josh Allen, if or even, you know what I mean? Guys that are really starting, I think we're starting to see the cream rise to the top here. And I think to stick a fork in some of these younger quarterbacks after a couple of weeks of them being rookies in in many aspects, I think it's just ridiculous. And we continue to do it year after year. It amazes me. But some guys, there's just no excuse. Derek Carr and Dak Prescott, you need to, that's where you come into play. Raise the damn team, put them on your back, and win these games when it matters the most. You know, Joe, I mean... We kind of say these things all the time. You know, we talk about, you know, when, when, when Kyle Allen was winning four in a row, we were cautioning people there's still a reason that he was, in fact, listed as a backup on the depth chart, right? And But at the same time, the first time he had a stinker, I remember coming on this show and saying, well, but it was against San Francisco, and he had a quarterback rating of 85 or higher in five of the six games. The one that he didn't was at San Francisco, and we had just finished talking about how San Francisco can make anybody, including Aaron Rodgers, look less than stellar. I think what it comes down to, Joe, for me, is the idea of the recency bias. You know, it's the idea that we're never too high. We should be never too high, never too low on some of these guys. You know, there's others that we see. Gardner Minshew, for example, right, has a month where he's, you know, kind of a blaze of glory. But then we talk about him, I say all the time, turning back into a pumpkin. I, what I say is there's very few, maybe eight, you know, call it eight, I don't know, quarterbacks that are what, in my opinion, tier one quarterbacks, that what they do is raise the level of everybody else given their play. Then there's actually, in my opinion, a very big middle, Joe. There's a very big middle tier in the NFL of like 12 to 14 quarterbacks who on any given week could look good for a stretch of a month. Dak Prescott could look great, but still, you know, is a product of scheme, other players around them, the matchup, and, and can look good or can look bad. And a lot of the quarterbacks you're talking about right now are in that middle, Joe, where, yeah, they're going to look great some weeks, but they're not truly elite. So when they have a bad matchup or when they have a bad day or when the play calling's not good, they're going to look mortal and they don't raise the play of everybody. There's very few quarterbacks who are truly belong in that tier one, Joe. Yeah, it's it's tough to do, man. It, it really is yeah. tough to do. But in some of these teams that you look, I mean, you know, we all made fun of, uh, you know, good old Duck Hodges there. But if it wasn't for Duck Hodges, Steelers, you lose to the Cincinnati Bengals. It's not even remotely close. I mean, your boy Mason Rudolph there was just absolutely abysmal. And think about it. You pull He's Mason my Rudolph boy out. Now? 
and you go to I thought you went to the same school as I'm just saying Steelers fans in general yeah yeah I mean Steeler fans in general wanted nothing to do with this poor guy and yet he shows up on the biggest spot and saves their ass yesterday because they couldn't move the ball at all against that Cincinnati defense and yet there's just no excuse to me for guys like Derek Carr I mean Jeff Driscoll like what in that dude you turn the ball over twice in 60 seconds with the game tied in the end like seriously I I mean Detroit Jeff Driscoll could not be any more Detroit Lion than what he did yesterday by simply throwing not one but two interceptions in 60 seconds at the end of the game with the game tied all over I I, like, yep. seriously, dude, all you have to do, I don't know, is not turn the damn ball over. I was already counting my production from Bo Scarborough in yes. overtime for my yes. fantasy team. You yes. know? Yes. And by the way, yes. Bo knows. <laughs> uh, and Bo is a legitimate flex option moving forward. But that's the thing. You're talking about Jeff Driscoll, Joe, yep. right? So, like, yep. what the mistake was to ever think that Jeff Driscoll was going to be some guy riding in on a white horse in the first place. There is a reason. Mm-hmm. He is QB2 on a depth chart, people, yep. for, for most of these guys we're talking about, okay? Yep. Now, there's a different you, – you reeled off a lot of names, Joe, and there's some that are in a different category, okay, for me at least, the, uh, out of the names you mentioned. Those are Sam Darnold and Josh Allen, right, mm-hmm. because those are two guys in their second year that are kind of ascending that, you know, when I talk about are they elite or do they need everything around them, I don't know yet. You know what I mean? The jury is still out. And so I'll give those guys the benefit of the doubt. But some of your more established quarterbacks or backups that are riding a hot streak or a wave, come on, let's be serious. But Sam Darnold's going to win people fantasy leagues, Joe. I'm telling you, Sam Darnold is QB three or four in fantasy over the last month since he got overseeing ghosts. And he was a punchline for people. So in two quarterbacks leagues, they avoided him and went with guys like Brandon Allen or Jeff Driscoll ahead of Sammy D and Sam Darnold's schedule opens up. All right. And Sam Darnold looks real good now recently. So maybe now that he's over the mono, I mean, in his last four games, Joe, eight touchdowns, two interceptions, been over 300 yards in most of them. And more importantly, looks more of the part. Yeah, the numbers are just staggering, guys. 58 of 89, 838, 9.4 yards per temp, seven pass touchdowns, two rushing touchdowns, one INT, 117.2 QBR there for Sam Darnold. In fact, right now this year, the quarterbacks uh, that uh, have been ranked in the top 10 QBR consecutively, Lamar Jackson, five, Baker Mayfield, three, Sam Darnold, three. Yeah, I, I don't think Baker Mayfield's necessarily done either, although we love to stick forks in these guys. That middle tier, there are guys taking steps, and then there's yep. Mitchell Trubisky. Cool. We'll talk you about that Danny Dimes matchup. it all year. Yep. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. All 
right, so who wants to be the next Daily Fantasy Millionaire? Well, you can certainly do it by dunking on your NBA DFS competition with DailyRoto.com. Simply dominate on FanDuel and DraftKings this NBA season. You can compete with the pros with the DailyRoto.com optimizer. It is the most accurate projections in NBA DFS. Plus, you get lineup alerts, breaking news, late swap support, and much more. You can save 10% now. You get you at winning NBA DFS advice using the promo code DUNK. You just got to visit dailyroto.com forward slash DUNK to learn more. That's dailyroto.com forward slash DUNK. And remember that dailyroto.com is where millionaires are made. And welcome in here to another edition of Make It Rain on the Grid, sportsgrid.com. Welcoming uh, those of you, Pluto TV joining us, Channel 517. Happy Monday to you on this Thanksgiving week. One more game to go tonight. Ravens, Rams, and then we'll start gearing up, of course, to the Thanksgiving Day games. Three of them with uh, with Jeff Driscoll and Trubisky. My word, how did that happen? We also have Dallas and the Bills and Atlanta taking on the Saints. Now, interesting enough, those two teams were involved in uh, some great games yesterday from the standpoint of scoring. Uh, if you like scoring, those were definitely two of the games on the board that uh, they just kept scoring. But maybe the most impressive one, of course, was the the Saints game versus the uh, Carolina Panthers, who just would not go away. And then, unfortunately, what does it come down to? Well, kick by Sly. No good. From 33 yards. And that kick is good. Yeah. The Saints win it. Yeah. Just, I mean, heartbreak, too, because I got to tell you, that was so much fun to watch that game. And, I mean, between Kyle Allen, Christian McCaffrey, DJ Moore, all these guys did was battle the whole game, battle back. That is one of the hardest places to play in, man. You go to that Mercedes Dome, you go, and you got to go up against Breeze and company with a healthy Kamara. You couldn't stop the run on defense, and yet you found yourself tied with a chance to win this game Right at the very end, and unfortunately, you got a guy named Joey Sly who missed two extra points and, of course, that 28-yard field goal you just heard there in order to throw up all over themselves. I, You could just tell, they, you know, they showed Christian McCaffrey after the game on a bench. I mean, what else? You talk about just laying out. There's, there's a certain – you got to give it credit, even though they lost. I give credit to these guys for battling, man, left and right. Not an easy year for the Panthers. They are another team, Dane, that a couple of breaks here or there, they, they, they should have two or three extra wins on the season, but they are now sitting there going, what the hell do we do? But not a team that I'd be ecstatic about playing at if I had to win a game in order to be able to make the playoffs coming up. And they still have. And maybe the best part about yesterday, Dane, was these two guys, they're going to be doing battle week 17 uh, in uh, in Carolina, which could mean, a, you know, uh, for the Saints, it could mean positioning. It could mean, hell, even for the Panthers, they certainly have enough talent to be able to make a go out of this in the final couple of weeks. But great game, just gut-wrenching, I felt, for the Carolina Panthers yesterday, man. Yeah, it was tough. You know, you mentioned um, the NFC South mm-hmm. um, with – 
you know, kind of these matchups. And they were putting points on the board. You know, we were toying with the idea of unders for these games, uh, but they zoomed right past that. You know, you, you mentioned Sly also in the Tampa game. Now, they won, so it yeah. won't look as big. But Matt Gay missed three extra points, Joe, Huge. in that game. Yep. You know, and so we talk about the kicking game all the time. I reference it when it comes to Venetary and the close games that the Colts play. But I bring this up because, Joe, this may be the third game of the year where Will Lutz has kicked a field goal as time expires for the Saints to win yep. a game. Yep. You know what I mean? Like yep. week one, I know it happened. Right. This week it happened. And I think there's been others. And for some reason, this dude seems to not miss. You know, I've, I've, haven't we mentioned the name Will Lutz more than more kick, most kickers? And it yep. seems like I, now maybe it's because it's in a dome. Maybe it's because he's got a great offense. I don't know. But eventually, this kicking game is going to come into play. We talk about it, how it's not even it's changing the key numbers of football, Joe. The idea like Lutz, I don't think it should go understated that they got a clutch kicker also down there in New Orleans, Joe. Yes, they do. Yep, And it's going to come down to it. I mean, the yardage was crazy. 418 to 351. Uh, it, it was just you, you got the Saints are now nine and two. I mean, they yeah. really are hitting on all cylinders, including. And we don't you don't need to look very much further than Will Lutz to understand how important special teams is. And you know who else understands the importance of special teams? Sean Payton. The New England Patriots. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, the New England Patriots certainly yeah. understand special teams. Yeah. And you know you know who That's does how won that game? according to Jerry Jones, his coaching staff does not understand special teams or how to be able to, I don't know, that seven is more than three. So when you need at least a touchdown, you're inside a red zone that you haven't sniffed all game. Maybe instead of kicking the field goal, you go ahead and go for a touchdown. Um, that game is just another proof positive to me that yeah, the New England Patriots, as flawed as they may be on offense, that defense, much like San Francisco, you keep telling me how they haven't played anybody, guys. I'm going to yeah. keep telling you this team is defense. We have seen Super Bowl championships won by defenses less than this. And yeah, both of those teams, the 49ers and, and uh, New England, those uh, they're just better than everybody else. They're schemed better. They play better. And, oh, yeah, it's the little things that win games. And how many more times do we have to see Bill Belichick, Tom Brady, New England Patriots, and and teams going, oh, we were if we only would have. Yeah, I know, but you don't. And that's why for 20 years, We've had to deal with this because you just don't. Certainly, Jason Garrett doesn't. But my word, I mean, like Dak and Cun they looked absolutely miserable out there, man. Like they they just looked miserable. And I'll give well, Dallas's defense credit. There. I'll give <laughs> Dallas's defense credit. I mean, they kept them in that game. But when you're the number one offense, like mm -hmm. man up here, guys. I don't know what they like. You got to man up at some point and make a damn play. Otherwise, you're just a team that can beat the crap. And then when you face real teams like Minnesota, New England, yeah. Green Bay, yeah, every they I think they're undefeated against teams under 500. If you're 500 or better, you can't beat them. And that's who you are, Dallas. You have been a 500 team for 20 years now. That's who you are. Since Aikman left and company, you're a 500 win football team and it was proof positive again last night. It's true. You know, <laughs> I'll do the Patriots side first. And it's so frustrating, Joe, when, especially is. when you hate damn Patriots, right? <laughs> you know, like, honestly, you're right. They're 10 and one, you know, mm -hmm. yes, they are. And you are what your record says you are. 
Absolutely, okay? Yep. I said that first, right? But, Joe, this is not – you know, and, and I know we keep talking about how bad they are, yet they're damn 10-1. But, 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 Joe, like this is not a good offense right now. It's just not, Joe. It's really, really not. If you take away Julian Edelman, what do they got? You know what I mean? And he, And honestly, Joe – you know why they won this game? They won this game because of a damn blocked punt, Joe. Mm-hmm. If they don't get that blocked punt, I don't know if they win this game. You know, it was nasty out there. And 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 I don't know that New England is equipped, but they have what you need. They have the leadership. They have the adjustments. They have the intellect around the game. And that is getting them through. And far be it for me to talk about coaching or, or, or what Tom Brady can do at the line of scrimmage. And not give it full credit. I do wonder, Joe, and I really don't know how many teams in the NFL are equipped to do this, but I do wonder if they run up against an actual complete team or they don't get the breaks or if they're on the road in that kind of game. I I, I don't know that they... I don't know that they get all the way through to the super to winning the Super Bowl like this, Joe. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to be disparaging on them at all. And, uh, you know, the AFC championship game is now known as the Patriots Invitational. I get it. But do you think they can win a championship squeaking through like this? Or at some point, will they have to, you know, be more dynamic on offense, Joe? At some point? Against the Baltimore, problem. against Kansas City, <laughs> the, against the, the Seattle, against the San Francisco, <laughs> against the New Orleans. Like broken records every time we do this, it cracks me up. The problem is they're 10 and 1, and that means the AFC Championship, guys, whether you want it or not, is going through Foxborough, which is impossible to win at. Guys, they haven't lost Baltimore's a damn game. game in Foxborough in a hundred years. And there's a reason why there is an absolute reason why. And I tell you, we have seen the Super Bowl trophy yeah. risen by guys like Brad Johnson in Tampa guys. Oh. Okay. We have, Trent we Wilter. have seen worst defense. We have seen worst offenses with worst quarterbacks win Super Bowl championships, not because they were so prolific on offense, but simply because their defenses were that dominant, as was the coaching staff. And they were just better than everybody else. And listen, New England, they absolutely should be the favorite. If they were 8-3 and three or if they had a chance where they'd have to maybe get – but having the right. buy and getting the number one seed, again, you're, just, you're stacking the deck for them. That's exactly what's happening here. And it'll give them – because you and I both know – They'll figure it out. It'll, you're giving them you. enough time to figure it out. Is based, if you gave them four losses on the year and you'd have to earn it to get, yeah, I, I would say that it's it's against them. But at 10-1, and one, it's going through Foxborough, which makes it almost impossible, Dane. I don't care who they're playing. It makes it impossible with a buy in a game at Foxborough. Now, and I know, I, I just want to play the game with you, Joe. Now, I know they're 10-1 and one in the one seed, okay? Mm-hmm. But... Can we play the game? Maybe on the other side of the break. I want to ask you, like, on the road at Baltimore, on the road at Kansas City. Now, I know that that's not necessarily the case. Baltimore, I do think, I mean, they, they, they lose the heads up against Baltimore. If they both, say, finish 13-3, and three, they would have to travel to Baltimore. Okay, so that's one. But I, I, I want to play a, a what-if game with you, with the Patriots a little more. Because I, I agree with you, but let's tempt fate, Joe. Just go ahead, pencil it in, do it now. You know, it's the weekend I'll be in Miami. We'll be watching the Patriots against 
Joe. Exactly. They <laughs> suck, and yet... We're- NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Work it, make it, do it, make sense, harder, better, faster, stronger. Work it, harder, make it, better, do it, faster, make sense, stronger, than ever, All right, welcome in to the grid, sportsgrid.com. I'm Joe Ranieri. He is Dane Martinez, name of the show, Make It Rain, for those of you joining us via Pluto TV, Channel 517. Welcome in to the grid. And I certainly hope when uh, you guys uh, found us last week that you were paying very close attention when we were screaming from the rooftops to stop what you were doing, go to the uh, go to your app uh, and or head over to the FanDuel Sportsbook and uh, take out a second mortgage and play the Jets. Uh, I hope that you were paying attention when we said that on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Yeah, even yesterday, uh, we kept telling you, hammer the Jets, guys. There's no weed there. No way they're losing to the Oakland Raiders, who once again proved that they are one team in Oakland. They are a whole nother team on the East Coast. And uh, by the same token, listen, Seattle also did a very good job of proving that Russell Wilson now 18 and four on the East Coast, uh, traveling there since he's come into the league and with Seattle. And nobody, well, at least <laughs> it started out as them being an underdog. It eventually ended up them being a favorite. But that is another situation where, you know, it's another good lesson, too, Dane, for people to understand that when you have a team riddled with injuries and question marks, and are they or won't they or will they? It's probably best to make sure that you have a full understanding of who's going to be playing and who's not going to be playing before you go ahead and uh, lay the money down. And in Philadelphia's case yesterday, you know, the word came. We were on air with uh, Pro Football Today here on the network, and we do that show every Sunday. And, of course, we'll have it again for you on Thursday from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. here on SportsGrid. We'll get you ready for those games on Thanksgiving. But we had, uh, you know, the word came down. We were talking about it before we knew it. And we still like Seattle going, this is a very hard game to bet anybody but Seattle from what we knew. But the minute that those numbers came in, we actually stopped in the middle of the show. And all of us, I think, went and, and placed a wager on Seattle or doubled up on Seattle, whatever it may be. Once you realize that absolutely no weapons of uh, Philadelphia's was going to be available, number one, number two, wide receiver, number one, running back, depth. I, I mean, they were missing so many guys yesterday. It was crazy, absolutely crazy. And yet Seattle still didn't play a great game. I mean, they left 21 points on the field because just ridiculous how bad Russell Wilson played at points. But Seattle did exactly what they needed to do in order to win on the road, which is never easy. And Philadelphia, you better figure out what's going on here with Carson Wentz. Because Carson Wentz, single-handedly, once again, cost you that game. And as crazy as it is, and I get that he's not 100%, but if that's the case, 
You can't have that Carson Wentz come out onto the field. A guy whose quarterback rating the last two weeks has combined to be 62. Uh, They're not pushing the ball downfield. The offensive linemen are getting crushed. He's fumbling the ball, throwing the ball to the other team. They can't win at this point. And the best thing that happened to them, of course, was the Patriots yesterday because at least it keeps them pace with the Dallas Cowboys. But my word, Philadelphia, if you're going to get it done, then if he ain't healthy enough, and I know there's now he's having his hand looked at, and you got to get him the hell out of there. He does not give you a good shot at winning at all. So I don't know what the deal is, but I can tell you this. With Carson Wentz playing like that, you're not winning football games. You're not going to contend with the Dallas Cowboys. Hey, Joe, we talk about look-ahead lines, right? Mm -hmm. All the time. Is it possible, and I know it's probably not, would it be possible for me to right now bet that the NFC number one wild card will go on the road and win at the NFC East division champ? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that. You know, in that wild card, the four versus five saying. game, yep. right? I know what you're saying, yep, absolutely. Right, because yep. correct me if I'm wrong, Joe, but the NFC number one wild card, if we if we agree, right, is either going to be Seattle. Minnesota or maybe Green Bay, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. And the four seed is going to be Dallas or Philly, right? Yep. I like all three of those former teams <laughs> better than those two other teams. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right, right now. Yep. Give yep. me Minnesota at Dallas or Philly. Give yep. me Seattle. We just saw it, right? And, and, you know, I take Green Bay probably as well. They don't have a look-ahead line for that already, do they? Because we don't no, know the teams. They, Can they I bet the five yeah. seed over the four seed? But, but make sure that when they do, when so these are So just remember planned, this, people. Yeah, jump all over it, man. <laughs> File this you. away, right? Yep. File yep. that away on Black Monday when all these coaches are getting fired. File yep. away that we like NFC wildcard one on the road against the NFC East Division champ. You with me, Joe? I'm with you, man. I am cool. absolutely with you. You cool. cannot I'm glad that we're on the same side on that. You cannot expect to be a considered serious. Right. I mean, you have an opportunity to win the division, and yet at home, granted it's not a tough game, and I get you've got injuries. Everybody's got injuries, but that's when you need sure. your star quarterback. To th- yes. As bad as he was yesterday, Russell Wilson, missing guys, you still got to be able to make enough plays to be able to that's get the job right. done. He's not making any, man. Zero. And this is what I talk about. The idea of the tier one quarterback, right? Mm-hmm. Russell Wilson is one of them. Then you yep. got this soft middle. And maybe yep. for a while, people thought that Carson Wentz was one of them. Right. I'm here to tell you, Carson Wentz is no different than 12 other quarterbacks in the NFL who right. need stuff around them. Joe, at, about, at this point, I think it was like three or four weeks ago. I made the point that two things happened. One, they Mm -hmm. had Deshaun Jackson back, the ability to stretch the field over the top. And I talked about how important that would be for guys like Ertz and Goddard in the middle. The other thing I've been saying was that they found something in Jordan Howard. Remember, I've been Mm -hmm. saying this idea of, oh, then they can be able to play left-handed if they have a run game and all those weapons. Well, you see that without the run game, and don't get me wrong, Miles Sanders did okay. But, Joe, this is why it's more than just reading the box score and stuff. Miles Sanders, as you know, Joe, is a different kind of back than – you know, Jordan Howard, or even Jay Ajayi would be, right? He's Mm -hmm. the one that can more control the clock, control the pace, enforce your will. They don't have that, and Carson Wentz 
boom, becomes a volume thrower yet again. We were going back and forth with the Wentz attempts yesterday morning. I said over 33 and a half. Yep. He threw the ball 45 times, Joe, and that may be good for fantasy is not good for the Philadelphia Eagles. They lost their balance, and when you yep. have Carson Wentz as a tier two, not a tier one quarterback, this is the risk. Yep, and that's exactly what they've got going on here right now. They same thing. They got to get a little healthier. Same now, thing for Carr. You said you know you see what happens with Josh Jacobs up against the number one run defense. It's put on his arm. He can't yep. do it. No, and the good news at least for them is that their schedule coming up is it can't get any easier than than what they've got coming up. I mean, they've got Washington. They got my. They got a whole bunch of cupcakes. They eventually have to play Dallas again. So that's kind of a that's a must win any which way you cut it. But they've got Washington, the Giants, Miami, the Giants again, and then Dallas. So the schedule at least lightens up for them. It's a hell of a lot easier than what the Cowboys have to face. Yeah, the Cowboys which, is harder. Yeah, which starts Thursday night, uh, you know, Thursday afternoon against the uh, the Buffalo Bills, who give them credit uh, yesterday, went ahead and just ran over the uh, the Denver Broncos literally as Frank Gore goes ahead and uh, and sets the record, becomes the uh, number three all-time uh, leading Absolutely. rusher there, passing Barry Sanders. Uh, kudos to uh, to him Good and, and a crazy, I mean, crazy career he's had. Longevity absolutely means something. But Buffalo, all of a sudden, now we're starting to see that that progression of a quarterback like Josh Allen, who second year, frustrating as all hell at times. You know he's got it. You know it's somewhere in there. And he's really starting to make uh, progress. And that Buffalo defense proving again to be just straight yeah. out dominant, can win games in, in, the, in the best of ways. And I, I'm not going to say, what can you say about anybody that thought uh, Brandon Allen was somehow going to keep winning, uh, you know, football games there. Um, once they took the run game away for them, they pretty much shut down Denver. Yep. Uh, I mean, to a T, they had nothing else happening yesterday. So they didn't have to score a whole lot. 20 to three was the final. That was enough. But you know, let's look at this playoff race now. Is you got New England as the one seed, you got Baltimore as the two, you got Houston as the three, Kansas City four, Buffalo's five, and Pittsburgh is six. You've got Oakland, Indy, uh, and I'm gonna say too, another team that Titans. better not sleep on the damn Tennessee Titans. Yeah. And oh yeah, the damn Cleveland Browns, whose schedule is as ridiculous as it comes yeah. to, guys. They are at five and six. So the AFC, to me, outside of the, obviously, the top heavy, uh, sure. the uh, the Patriots and the Ravens. But, you know, even Houston, barring a collapse, will probably be the number three seed. Uh, but, listen, Kansas City plays Oakland coming up this week. There's still a lot to be determined. But who who are you most comfortable with there in the five and six spot? Comfortable with what? That they're going to make it? Or that yeah, they could that do it damage? Be able to make, yeah, I, do you think Buffalo at 8-3 and three can can hold on? Yeah, I think Buffalo's going to be in. I think Buffalo's going to be in. And kudos to them. The development of Josh Allen. They have an identity, though, Joe. You know what I mean? Right. And yeah. I think that's something that some of these other teams don't have to hang their hat on. So I'll give them credit, okay? But yeah, Joe, Pittsburgh, Oakland, Indy, Tennessee, Cleveland. Those are five teams fighting for one spot, in my opinion. Uh, you know, out of those, I believe in Indianapolis, Joe. 
I believe in yep. Indianapolis the most. I think they're best on the inside, on the trenches. They've shown that they can plug and play at running back. I believe in their defense. I'd have to look at the schedule to see, you know, to make a real pick. But if you tell me those teams, I think Indianapolis is the best team of those. But unlike the NFC, where I can see a case for New Orleans, San Francisco, Seattle, whatever, right? I, I've been saying it now for the better part of a month and a half, Joe. To me, this is the default is New England, right? And mm-hmm. Belichick and Brady. And in my opinion, they will only be taken out with an incredible performance by one of three men. And those mm-hmm. three men are Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson. These incredible talents that are capable on any given day to just be unstoppable. Otherwise, Bill Belichick has an answer for you. Mm-hmm. It's and that's it. I mean, that is basically that's it. it. That's I, it to me. Lamar Jackson scares them a little bit. Patty Mahomes, or let me put it this way, a fully healthy Patty Mahomes scares them a little bit. And I would put Deshaun Watson sort of in that category as well. But other than that, what's what's it going to be? What's it going to be? Well, Pittsburgh, (laughs) it's so funny about Pittsburgh because at least you can control your own own destiny, right? Because you got Cleveland this weekend. You want to bounce Cleveland out? then uh, then you win, all right? And then Cleveland is almost all but finished, okay? But if you lose to Cleveland, well, then, you know, things just got a whole lot uh, more interesting there at the bottom half. The Raiders, same situation. What more can you ask for? You're playing the team, you're trailing, right? So if you're Cleveland and if you are the Raiders, you guys are playing exactly who you need to be playing this week. You want to be considered, you got to regroup and get it done. I will say this about Tomlin. I've given him a lot of crap. And once again, he just he proved to be straight money as a uh, as a road favorite uh, in a just he just doesn't cover against sub 500 teams. It's just it's been the way from the very beginning with Tomlin. Uh, He does great against teams he's not supposed to beat. But the teams he is, he usually ends up throwing all over himself. So the six and a half was a cover yesterday. But do you have any idea the kind of. The kind of gumption you've got to have, Dane, to say I'm benching Rudolph yeah. for Doug Hodges. Duck. Like, do you, do you, with <laughs> the game on the him. line? Like, I give him credit. Oh, he made the tough man. decision. <laughs> Woo! Kudos to you. Mike Tomlin. Yeah. Hey, and Joe, Indy, Tennessee next week. Exactly. What more do you want? You got everything's in front of you. Win the damn games. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. So a Monday night game ahead of us here, uh, wrapping up week 12 as the Ravens hanging out in L.A., taking on the Rams tonight. Uh, Lane, three points is what we've got here. We'll dive into this. Uh, we'll dive into this game along with 
some of these early look-ahead lines now for Thursday, uh, Dan, because we did uh, we talked about it yesterday. Depending on some of the outcomes, we were going to be very uh, interested right. to see what are these lines going to be for a uh, for Thursday and for Thanksgiving, and uh, we'll dive into exactly what we've got there. But you know, we talked about the AFC picture there, the NFC picture as well, Dan. I mean, let's. You look at that, you've got San Francisco right now, one, New Orleans, two, Green Bay, three, the Cowboys, four, Seattle and Minnesota are ramping at five and six. The Rams, obviously, um, they uh, this is an important game. They're six and four in the seventh spot. And then the Bears, like if the Bears are your, on the bubble, if that's what we're looking at in the NFC, I, I think the top six teams in some order there are, pro- are your best the Rams are the only wild card to me. I don't see anybody else making a push anytime soon here. I agree with you. The Rams are the only other team that's live with the one caveat, Joe, that the NFC East is still up for grabs, right? That could be Dallas right. or Philly. That's it. Okay. So, you know, when you look at the, like the, the quote unquote playoff picture, you know, you talked about Chicago, but Philly at five and six still belongs because there's still only one game back of Dallas for that division lead with a game left to play. I believe it's week 16. They play each other. So that will go a long way to decide. But listen, the Rams, if they win tonight, they are still live. Okay, if they win tonight, they are still live. They would only be a game behind Minnesota. They kind of have to. I mean, yeah, I, I but don't that's what I'm saying. Right. If they don't, and they're yeah. a full two games back of these teams with what five left to play, that would be very tough. Now, it's possible, right, to make up two games on say Minnesota uh, or Green Bay with only uh, five to play, but it would be right. tough. Rams need to go out there and win tonight. I know we'll talk about it a little bit more in the second hour, but Joe, I, I think that they got a better chance than most other people do. I think they got yeah. a good shot tonight. Yep, and it's uh, Green Bay got uh, got leapfrogged by the Saints into the number two yeah. seed here. Uh, we'll see if that continues. And remember, San Francisco plays them, plays the Saints. Like they have a nine and two, five seed right now in Seattle. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's crazy. Heads and tails is what the <laughs> NFC is. All right, hour two coming up next on the grid. 